Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you for coming out on Sunday night. It is my privilege to be here. My name is Dan. I'm so thankful for the opportunity I get to come here and be with you at Res Life. I've missed being with you. I was here this week several times. I was here for a women's event. I spoke at a luncheon. Then I spoke for Tri Unity. So I hadn't been here for a while, but good grief. I've been here this week, baby. And here I am again tonight. And it is good to be here. Um, I got to say a few things about that. I've been traveling around the country, and I want to talk about that a little bit because of how you make me feel here. Uh, I've told you before, when I've had the opportunity to preach, you always make me and my family feel so welcome. I'm so grateful for that. So I've been on this little tour. I went on a tour, a uh, 16-city tour, on a tour bus, uh, traveling for four weeks, okay? So like we would speak at a church. We went to 16, 16 very large churches across America, uh, bringing this thing called the getaway tour. We was talking about marriage and family. And so I had the privilege of preaching on that tour. I was the, I was the closing speaker. So we'd finish it out. Then we'd go get on the bus. And about midnight, the bus would roll out of that parking lot, drive all night and show up at the next church to wake up the next morning, do the whole routine again. So we did that for 16 cities across America, all the way from Dallas to Detroit. Had a great time. But I got to tell you, I got used to sleeping on a bus at night. So like I'd go to sleep at night and I'd be laying in my little, so they had this little area where you pull a curtain. So I pulled my curtain too and I lay, I call it my casket. I laid in my casket and it was really tight, like eight inches on either side of my shoulders, but really tight. There was a TV on it, but it was this close. Like I can see that TV was that close at my age. You can't see it. It needs to be 10 feet away at least before you can see it. But I laid in that little thing. I slept in there and I got so used to it. And, and I know why babies love to be put in their car seats now to sleep. I got home and I'm laying in bed my first night at home. You know, after doing this for four weeks, I, I'm laying in bed and my bed is just laying there. And I said to Jane, I can't get to sleep. I said, you got to take me put in the trunk of the car and drive me around and get me to sleep. <laughs> but one of the things that happened to me while I was on that tour is this. Um, there were probably three churches. I, I, was, I spoke to a hospitality group this week and I said this. There were probably three churches where when I arrived at them, I, I just did not feel welcome at all. They didn't, it was obvious they did not want us there. They didn't want us in the church. I, I'm not sure all the reasons, maybe because previous groups had not been nice. But I got to tell you that that is just the opposite of what I feel when I come here to rest. You guys make us feel... Yeah, and this is a Sunday night crowd. It's a Sunday night crowd. I know you're the church people. But on a Sunday morning, like this morning, I know Pastor Dwayne, I heard he killed it this morning in his sermon. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And I just want to say something to you about that. Um, like for Pastor Dwayne and I, we're, we're the ones who stand up on stage. We're the head servants of all of you. We, we're the ones here to serve the Lord. But I just want you to know that when you, as a body of believers, make those people on Sunday morning feel welcome, because there were brand new people, never, maybe never been to church before, definitely never been to Res, other than this morning when they walked into church. You making them feel loved and welcome just sets up what happens up here. People feeling loved and cared for, and you guys do it so well. And having traveled these 16 cities, I just want to tell you that. I just want you to tell you, I have never come here and felt like, boy, they don't want me there. You make me feel wanted and cared for and loved. And you need to know when you do that, it just makes a brother want to get up and preach. So, I mean, you just got to know that it's a wonderful thing. And so I want to express my gratitude to you for that. 
because it is a, a great, great blessing. I was this morning up in, uh, up in Greenville, Michigan. You guys are part of the bigger church family, the Rez family there. I, there's a brand new plant up in Greenville, Michigan. I preached there this morning. And so it's my privilege to come and preach here tonight. And what I'm going to share with you really came from this, this time of, of traveling around and seeing just all the different things I've been seeing. And, I, and since it's a Sunday night crowd, I'm very comfortable just talking to you about us Christians. I'm going to kind of call it that, us Christians. I think there are some things we're missing and we're not seeing about ourselves. And, and I'll make this observation about those people, but it, we might get in on it too, okay? Because I'm seeing some things as I read scriptures, I study the life of Christ, as I, I really d- dive into his word, there are some things I believe that we can get so used to, it's kind of like that lobster in the tank with, with the fire getting hotter and hotter, that we don't see things about ourselves. So tonight I just want to bring a few thoughts to you that kind of remind us sometimes as believers of the Lord, followers of the Lord, I think we might have missed something here. And I, wanted, I, I just wrote down several things I want to share with you, and I want to present some thoughts to you from God's Word to, to just challenge you to think about your own life. Uh, some of these will be a little uncomfortable. Some of, some of them you go, I, I, kinda, I, don't, I don't like that. that. That's a good thing. Uh, I, w- I want you just to listen and think about this. The things I wrote down, here's the first one I, I've written down. I think sometimes in the church, we've replaced suffering for Christ with being safe with the saints. Um, I, I want to remind you that serving Christ sometimes means we have, we have to carry a cross. There are challenges that go with, with serving Christ that aren't necessarily easy. I want to remind you what God's word says in 1 Peter. Peter, the author who wrote the book to the elect, to the saints, to the people who were followers of Christ, Peter wrote this. Be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, watch this, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's what you do to me. Each one should use whatever gift he or she has uh, has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. Dear friends, Do not be surprised, verse 12, at the painful trial you are suffering, as though somehow strange things are happening to you. Rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed in you. Sometimes the things you go through in this life are going to align with the things Jesus went through on this life. We love to talk, and I'm all in on it too. We loved about talking about the grace of Jesus and the healing of Jesus and the salvation of Jesus. Absolutely. But can I, can I, I made a little list of other things that Jesus went through that when you go through them, I don't want you to see it as negative. Did you know that Jesus was betrayed? Y'all ever had anybody betray you? Do you know that's an opportunity for you to be like Jesus and how you handle that? Because you, you know, usually when we get betrayed, we come up with a way to get them back. Jesus was betrayed. That was painful. It hurts. <laughs> Jesus was lied about. It hurts to be lied about. 
Some of you have been through a painful maybe family situation and you've got a, a relative, you've got someone, they are just flat out lying about you. I wanna just kind of show you something about Jesus. He just kept living his life and he was vindicated. Don't feel like you already, always gotta chase lies down. Sometimes through that suffering right there that identifies with Christ, you are going to be a living testimony of his goodness and his faithfulness. I'll tell you something. It's that line I've always used. Repetition, rep, rep, repetition creates your reputation. You keep doing the right thing over and over and over and people go, man, that's a lady. That's a guy. They just do the right thing. They honor Jesus every day. And sometimes... When trials come, when people lie about us, we're tempted to, I'm going to fix that, and I'm going to fix that my way. And I just want to tell you that some of you tonight might be in a situation where something you're going through, it is such a beautiful opportunity for you to show the love of Jesus. Consider that. Jesus was criticized. I just wrote down a few things. He was accused. Jesus was threatened. He was ridiculed. He was set up. And in all those things, he honored the Lord. And here's, here's what scares me a little bit about us Christians. We want to make sure we surround ourselves with people who aren't going to do any of that stuff to us. So we, we get our little Christian club and we put, our, we put our, our fence up around it and we go, hey, come on in our club here. Come on. This is where we hang out. We're safe here. I want to tell you, Christianity isn't about being safe. <laughs> I was telling Pastor Al before the service that this really got me the other day. I, I, it was just funny. I, I couldn't believe it even came out of my mouth. So Jane and I woke up, and as I say, I've been traveling a lot, and I finally had a Sunday morning when I didn't preach anywhere. Sometimes when that happens, we come over here to rest life. Sometimes we go to another little church that's about a mile from our house that's just so convenient and that kind of stuff. And we woke up, and, and I, I just kind of, you know, tired and everything else. And Jane said, where do you want to go to church this morning? And I named the other church. And she said, why do you want to go there? And I said, seriously, I said, because they got killer donuts. <laughs> that was my answer. She looked at me and she goes, seriously? I said, yeah, they got free killer donuts. And then she goes, is that why you go to church? And I got to say to you, I'm going to make an observation as I've traveled around the country. Watch this. I wrote down the line and I don't want to mess it up because I want to read it. Sometimes I feel churches these days spend more time trying to make sure people feel comfortable than confronted. We, we don't want to offend anybody. I want to tell you, some of Jesus' words are offensive. And I'm not out to offend anyone, but I want to tell people the truth because I don't want to risk sending someone to hell because I don't have the guts to speak the word of God to them. There needs to be salvation in your life, and it comes from Jesus Christ. I'm serious. Churches have got so watered down that we're afraid to tell people what the gospel really is about. And every now and then, it ought to be uncomfortable following Jesus. His life wasn't comfortable. So as Christians, we've got to be careful. Check and make sure there are some areas in your fence for lost people to come in. We've got to work at this. I, I guess I, I would just ask this question. Um, Second question is this, um, do you love everyone? I, I want you to just ask, your question, ask yourself this question. Do I really love everyone? 
Or do you just more comfortably love people who are like you? <laughs> there's, there's two passages that came to my mind and they're both in Luke. Luke chapter 14, verse one and Luke chapter 15, verse one. They're back to back chapters. Listen to Luke chapter 14, verse 1. Listen to this. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. You know who was watching him? The Christians. The godly people. Well, I should say the Pharisees. The religious people. They weren't true Christians. They were religious people. And I want you to, I want to kind of give you a picture of what that looks like. Here, here's the Christian look. Okay, I'm just going to show it to you. I see, do you ever have this look, okay? It's when you see somebody, hmm. <laughs> We're good at this. Well, what is he doing over there? Today, uh, as I preached up there uh, in Greenville, and I came down, whatever, I didn't have time to really go home, so I didn't even go home. I just went over here to Roadhouse Grill, and I took my Bible, and I walked in. The lady said, there's no room. The only room is at the bar. I said, hey, shimmy me up to the bar. So I went to the bar, and I laid my Bible out just like this at the bar. The bartender walked over and said, well, I've never seen this before. (laughs) And I said, well, brother... I said, you're going to see it today. I said, I got a priest tonight, and you're going to feed me while I study. (laughs) I got to tell you a really cool story. He ended up being a 21-year-old young man, and he said to me, I moved here three years ago from Lansing. I used to go to church, Pastor, and he said, I never go to church anymore. He said, tell me somewhere to go. And I said, well, I'm preaching over Rez Life tonight. Sometimes you got to give that a try. And he said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to give church a try. So I, hey, hey. I... I got to thinking about it. I didn't do it on purpose, but got to thinking about it later. That's kind of what Jesus would do. And, and I just want to say to you, um, Je- Jesus was really good at loving everyone. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 says this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus speak. How long has it been since you just hung out with sinners? Just hung out with them. Like around them. Like touch them. I'm I'm serious. Think about it. We get so comfortable in our Christian gated community that we don't hang out with sinners. Because when we do, other Christians go... Why are you hanging out with those people? And, and here, here's what I'm a little afraid of. Well, I, I can ask it this way. When you see another person and you would classify them as a sinner, because we don't say it out loud, but we do that. Look over there. There's a sinner. <laughs> do you see their soul first or their sin first? Like when you see a lost person, do you go, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder what their soul is like. Because if you see their sin first, let me, let me just tell you, um, there's a little haughtiness in that look. There, there, there's this mental thing. In, we wouldn't, we'd never say this out loud, but it's almost like we're saying, I'm a little more important to God than that person is. That's haughtiness. That's not what Jesus was like. It's why he drove the Pharisees crazy. Because he hung out with straight up sinners. 
And they loved hearing him talk. And I, I'm just giving you a challenge tonight of saying, where's the place? Where's the spot that you just straight up are hanging out with lost people? Mine is a basketball court. I'll just tell you, that's where I do it. I go to the places where they don't even know I'm a preacher. It is so fun. They don't know I'm a preacher. They know I don't use profanity. That always puzzles them. But I play basketball with them. I have a great time with them. And many times at the end, somebody might recognize me at the end. And the guys will go, you're a preacher? I'm like, yeah, they go, you play hard. I'm like, shoot, yeah, I play hard. If Jesus is here, he'd take you out, brother. And that's, just, that's just the way it is. I've had guys, after I finished playing basketball, say, hey, if you ever preach somewhere in there on this area, I'd like to know. I'd like to come hear you preach. I don't ever want to lose that. I don't want to ever gate myself up so high that sinners can't come and hang out around me and I'm comfortable talking to them. i got to say something about me right now. This is going to be a little risky possibly to some of you, but I really feel like the Lord has laid on my heart that he wants me to be a bridge to some in our society right now who are in the LGBTQ community. You say, oh, you're no, can you stop? Jesus didn't agree with sinners by hanging out with them. Jesus didn't agree with them, but he loved them. I, I just say something about me, I'm going to err to the side of love. When I get to the pearly gates of Peter goes, well, you loved a little too much. I can take that. And I really believe the Lord's laid on my heart. Then there are people in the church who when you say the letters LGBTQ, they just bristle, Dan. I want you to help those people realize those are my children too. Bridge that. I, I believe I'm supposed to be a bridge to it. I've had people say, you're going to take some flack for that. I know. I know. But I'm going to love because I don't... It's no personal reason other than I feel the Lord's laid on my heart. And he knows I'm going to love. I tell you what else I feel he's done to me. There are some really poor people in the Highland community. And he's laid on my heart. I want you to be a bridge to them. Here's what I see. I see really, really poor people. And I see really, really wealthy people. Their lives don't intermingle. But what I've learned is the really poor people, they don't despise the rich. And the really, really rich people I know, they don't despise the poor. They just don't know how to connect. There's no place for them to come together. They, they're not going to go drive to each other's turf. It's not comfortable. I feel I'm supposed to be a bridge to those two communities. We're opening a brand new winning at home in downtown Holland for, for those who are poor. Who can't, can't even, they don't have a vehicle to get anywhere. We're going to bring it to them. I want to be a bridge. Well, what's, what's tonight? The reason I'm telling you all this is you're all bridges to somebody. You are a bridge. There's some community that God wants to reach that he's going to use you to reach. I'm not in your spot. You got to look and go, God, what are you calling me to do? Do y'all know that's why we come to church to go out of there and save and reach the lost world? We're all bridges. You're a little bridge. Some of us are a little longer. Some of us are a little suspended. I mean, all these kind of things, but we're all bridges. And I want to invite you to be a bridge to the lost world. 
want to invite you to join me and find some community out there that's, that's lost, that needs Christ, and say, I'm going to help reach that. Because if all of us do that, hey, I'm going to tell you, we'll solve a lot of the needs of our community. If the church does its job, it's amazing what we can do. But not if we're a gated community. And not if we only come to church for the killer donuts. I got to get past that. That might entice me in, but I better leave with more than a donut. And I'm inviting you just to take it your look at look at your life and say to yourself, did I miss the point of what this have I become so safe here that I'm not thinking outside the box and I'm not reaching those who are lost and I'm not making sure that I'm loving everyone? Again, again, is there a group of people out there that you would say to yourself right now, I just can't love them? I didn't say love what they do, love their soul. There should be no one out there that you cannot love their soul. Check yourself. Make sure you're a soul lover. It's a big thing. Third thing I wrote down about us Christians is this. This is what I think as I traveled around and I saw some stuff. I felt this most at those places where I didn't feel welcome. There were, a few, there were three churches on this tour. I didn't feel welcome. And I noticed from my, this is, only, this is only my perspective, but I felt like they were churches that were very focused on how they looked and the amount of money they had spent on their church, et cetera, et cetera. It seemed to be extravagant to me. And I found myself going, I think sometimes my plunder is becoming more important than my purpose. And I just want to ask you to check yourself. There's nothing wrong with having stuff, ladies and gentlemen. I got stuff. But if that stuff begins to creep in and destroy my purpose for which I'm on this earth. Look, I'm on this earth. The Lord has really refined this in me in the last few years. He put me on this earth. He called me to be a preacher. I am so honored to get to go and preach his word. And listen to me. That's my purpose on this earth. If the junk of this earth, if the stuff of this earth, if the things of this earth distract me from doing my purpose, what I'm put on this earth for, then I'm getting my plunder out of place. And then I wrote down this little thought. What plunder does to you, what, watch this, three things. I'll just put them together, then I'll break it down. It steals your mind, it takes your time, and it starts robbing you blind. When you get focused on things, it steals your time. All of a sudden, I want to I wanna get more, I want to have more. Well, look, look what's happening right there. If I'm going to have more, I've got to think about it more. It's going to steal my time. I mean, it's going to steal my mind, it's going to take my time, and it's going to rob me blind. It's going to rob me of the very thing that God put me on this earth for. When I get done with my life on this earth, what will really matter is, again, what I've done for the Lord. And we know this, but I'm reminding of you again tonight. I'm just looking at all of you, and I'm saying to you, check your plunder list. Make sure it's not becoming more important than your purpose. Uh, the other day... I talked on the phone with a gentleman I met probably two months ago. He is one of the most man, man. If I told you what he owned right now, it's, it's pretty crazy. He is, he is astoundingly uh, wealthy and popular in this world. I thought to myself, if I grabbed his phone when I was with him the other day, I thought, I'd like to just take your phone and look at your contacts. I bet his contacts would, would knock me away. 
just the people he knows, the places he's been. I bet you on his phone, you could get to the top people in this world with a couple of calls. He, he is somebody. That dude is somebody. And I was on the phone with him. It was either last week or the week before. He lives in San Antonio, Texas. He's one of the most empty men I know. He said that to me on the phone. I keep trying to find all my purpose and value. I'm, I, he said to me, I'm really close to accepting Jesus because nothing else. I've got everything and I'm just not satisfied. He's got all the plunder you could want. And he's telling me on the phone, I'm just not happy. And, and I tell you, you say, why has not he accepted Jesus? His whole life. He's been used and set up and tricked by people. And he goes, I just, there's something about that Christian thing. You're trying to trick me. I'm like, no, I'm not. Now, when you finally meet Jesus, you'll realize he is the non-tricker. He won't be tricking you, setting you up. He's just going to love you. Even if you lose all your plunder, still loves you. He doesn't base his value on you, on what you got. He bases his value on you that he made you. You're his kid. I'm going to be coming in January doing a little marriage message. I'm going to be talking about that. When you were created by God and he made you and put you together in his image and he formed you in your mother's womb and you came out right there. Your value was set right there. My glasses come off. Your value is set right there. You don't have to do anything else. God values you because he made you. And in this world, this world, see, this world says, how much plunder you got? How many things you got? Because that makes you valuable. It's not what the Word of God teaches. The Word of God teaches our value is in God and God alone. So I'm just asking you to check yourself in that tonight. A fourth little thing I wrote down. <laughs> and this would be a great one to check yourself on. I, I don't think a lot of people here do this, but I'll just read it anyway. My mouth says the opposite but my worry and my fretting says that I don't think Jesus really is enough. Y'all tonight need to know, you ain't got nothing in your life that Jesus isn't enough to cover. In fact, we're, we're going to say it out loud. I want you to say with me boldly, Jesus is enough. One, two, three. Jesus is enough. One more time. Jesus is enough. Do you really believe that? Just like earlier, Amy said, you know, activate your worship. Act, begin to proclaim the name of God. I want you, next time you want to go fretting and all worrying that thing you're dealing with, just instead start saying out loud, Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, I claim that you are victorious in my life. Just start believing it because he is enough. You paint out your worst case scenario on this earth, Jesus is still enough. He said, Ben, but what if I die? He's got you. He's enough. But boy, Satan gets us along, beats us up, doesn't he? Makes us feel like, well, that thing you sang about and that all those people you hang out with, where are they now? Doesn't matter if any of them's there. Jesus is enough, period. And I want you to leave here tonight believing that. I have victory in my life tonight. Through many trials I've faced. You guys know me. I share my burdens. I share my pain. I share the stuff I'm going through because God laid down my heart to be that way, transparent. And I am. And God has given me victory over every one of the trials I've been through. Every one of them has just secured in me that I am his boy and he's got me. All it's done is made my feet be even more solid. 
I'm just good because I'm God. Satan tried to take me down, but he ain't going to win because I'm God's boy. And tonight, wherever you are in your life, whatever you're dealing with, and you've been fretting and worrying about it, it's keeping you up at night, I just would say to you again, when you're up at night, just start singing. Make up your own song. Jesus, he's enough. Just start singing. I was singing the other day on my motorcycle. People thought I was crazy, but I was just singing. It's been a little while because it's cold. But I, I was on my motorcycle just praising the Lord. And I just want to tell you, just praise the Lord. Because he is enough for whatever you're going through. If he's not, then all this stuff we treat preach and sing about is a joke. And I don't believe it's a joke. We came here tonight to honor and praise the one true sovereign Lord. He is enough for your life. So what I'm going to do tonight, I'm going to give you some stuff to go do, okay? I'm going to give you an assignment. Sunday night crowd, got to give you an assignment. So it's going to come up on the screen. Here's the things I want you to do to make sure you're not falling into this lobster in the tank thing we as Christians fall into. Here they are. Number one, I want you to do something for Jesus that makes you uncomfortable. Dan, what does that mean? I don't know. Just watch for it. This week, the Lord asked you maybe to say something to someone on his behalf. Do it. I had someone the other day come up to me and said, oh, Dan, I've just missed an opportunity. We were in a setting like this. I got in the hall. I'm walking. I'm walking to my car. And this lady walks up to me. Dan, I just missed an opportunity. I said, what's that? She said, the Lord just laid on my heart. I saw somebody across the room tonight. I know they're really struggling. The Lord just spoke to my heart. Go over there and encourage them tonight. And she said to me, I didn't do it. And I said, why? She said, just uncomfortable. I was scared. I afraid I'd look silly. I want to tell you something. Look silly for Jesus. It's all right. It's okay. I took my Bible to the bar today, people. It's okay. <laughs> and it worked out. Seriously, it worked out. I had people talking to me. They're like, you're a preacher? Yeah. And I sat there and I ate my steak right at the bar. I had a great time. Seriously, I was a witness. That I wasn't doing it for that reason, but it worked out. Was it uncomfortable? Not really, because I'm pretty comfortable. <laughs> but do something that you go, well, this is kind of awkward. Like, you, well, Dan, pray with somebody at work. Yeah. You know they're going through something? You know how much? I want to tell you something. You have no idea what your hand of love might mean to somebody this week. You have no idea. Well, let me just remind you. Remember when somebody did it for you? It meant a lot, didn't it? So do something that's a little uncomfortable. This is your assignment. Go do it. Here's the second one. There's four of them. The second one is this. Invite someone to your life who isn't like you. Oh, boy. You mean like a, maybe a sinner? Hmm? Like have them over? Hmm? What would we talk about? It's up to you. But I'm serious, guys. Listen, Jesus went and sat down right next to straight up sinners. Straight up sinners. And the, and the religious people, is he going to touch their food? Did he drink out of their glass? And Jesus is over there going, really, people? Really? Is that what you're focused on? I just, I just don't think some of us even know how to hang out sinners anymore. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, I just, I'm sorry, guys. I just believe we're missing the boat when we don't hang out sometimes with sinners. You say, but what if Christians see me? Really? If Christians see you, Good. That'll maybe make them want to do it. You say, you're telling me to become like sinners? 
Be very careful, don't twist my words. Be very careful, don't twist my words. Hang out with sinners so that you can be a bridge to them finding the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Listen to me. God cares about their soul the same amount he cares about your soul. Be a bridge to them. Third thing I challenge you to do, stop thinking you need something else to be fulfilled. Like, don't leave and go into Monday morning. If I get this and this and this, then this week will be good. Look, this week is going to be good because you're God's kid. This week is going to be good because his grace is sufficient for you. This week is going to be good because you believe in Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior. If you don't have never made that decision, you're going to have the opportunity tonight to do that. You're good because you're God's. You say, Dan, we're Sunday night crowd. We know it. I know you know it, but sometimes you forget it. And I'm challenging you to remember, you don't need anything this week other than God's grace. Number four, go give something away. Just go give something away. I've got to where it's pretty common for me these days. I'm not telling you this to toot my horn. It just comes to my mind as I do it. It's pretty normal for me these days when I go to get gas or something like that. If I go in for a coffee or something, I, that, that person behind the counter... They don't make as much as me. I know that. And I leave them a 10 or a 20 to buy their lunch or their dinner. I just say, hey, here, here's a little something for you. Just go get your... I'm not telling you that to make myself look good. Nothing to do with that. I'm just... Cause I've, I've literally had them... They don't even know what to say. It, it, you say, did you tell them about Jesus? Mm-mm. I hope someday if they find out who I am, they go, wow, if that's what Jesus is like, I want to get in on that. Just go give something away. You got, most of us in this room got plenty of plunder. You can spare some. You say, I don't have cash to give away. Well, just give some love away. Just like take a second and, and help somebody. <laughs> this is just coming to my mind. I did, it's not in my notes or anything. I got a love letter in the mail this week from a lady. She didn't put her name in there. Well, it's not a love letter, don't, not that. But I mean, I got a letter in the mail. A lady, listen, she was telling how... Um, she said somewhere the other day, she didn't even sign the thing. She said, we were walking into a door the same time. She said, I knew who you were. You didn't know I was like going into the store. She said, and you turned and you, you were way ahead of me and you turned and you stopped and you opened the door. And she said, I looked back to see who important could be coming in that you would open the door for them. And she said, it was just me. And she said, you have no idea how that made me feel. I, I don't know what, don't even remember where it was. I've always been the kind that opens the door, especially for ladies, because my mom taught me that. But I want to just, no, no, no. Well, thank you, sir, but I appreciate that. <laughs> he was planted here as my dad. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, guys, look, it cost me nothing. I got a letter in the mail about it. Are you kidding me? So just go show a little piece of love to somebody today. Like, like when that elderly lady's at Meyer and she's finished her cart and she's got that cart to push to the thing, go get it. It's just a little thing. And you, you never know. And you might have a chance to say, well, the Lord bless you today. That's all you need to say. These are, these are little things. You say, Dan, I want to do some big things. You have no idea how big that thing could be. So, Lord, tonight, um, in the little things of our life, come alive. Forgive us for being gated sometimes. Forgive me, Lord, for sometimes putting myself in a safe environment and making sure 
I'm just around other people who believe like me. Push me. Well, actually, just make me be more like you. Because if I'm like you, I'll reach all your people, not just the ones I feel comfortable reaching. Lord, this church is known for this very thing we're talking about tonight. Hospitality, kindness, love, grace. Anyone's welcome here. Don't ever let us lose that, Lord. Keep our doors open to the poorest of poor and the richest of the rich. Help us to connect those two bridges, those two people together with the bridge of, of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you, just, you help us to be bridges to you. And tonight, let something that we do this week reflect your love and bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.